Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. This week's friends are the members of Six Dollar String Band, Tony Holmquist, Brendan Schaefer, Stephen Sellers, and Robin Davis. We recorded this last month at the Durango Bluegrass Meltdown in Colorado. Speaking of which, Tall Poppy String Band is returning to Colorado at the end of the month. We're playing Denver, Fort Collins, Castle Rock, and Salina. Visit tallpoppystringband.com to find out more. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with Six Dollar String Band, but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
getting there. <laughs> Six dollar string band, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks for having us. We're, we're here at the at the Durango Bluegrass Meltdown. How long have y'all been coming to this? This is your, did I hear this is your second year playing here? No, no, we've been a we've been a band for I think I consider since 2010. 2010, I think, great. I think we played the Meltdown this festival for the first time in 2012, I want to say, which would make this our 10th appearance. I may I may have conflated some uh, some Durango bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay, sure. that's great. easy to do. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, you all have been a band for a long time. Great. Um, how did you all form? Oh, and before we do that, uh, welcome back, Tony Holmquist. Um, or for the first time, I don't know what order I'm going to release these, but you were just in my tone dog episode. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have uh, Brendan Schaefer on the fiddle, Stephen Sellers on bass, and Robin Davis on guitar. At least for now, I don't know if there's going to be a change around at some point. Maybe. maybe. Lineup wise? Yeah. Well, I mean, for this interview. Oh. Yeah. Oh, potentially. Yeah. It's always possible. It's always possible. <laughs> okay, cool. When <laughs> well, we started we'll playing, uh, Tony was playing fiddle most of the time. And, uh, Brendan has been playing fiddle for us for the last several years, like at least the last three or four years. Something about that. Yeah. What were you playing before fiddle? Um, banjo oh, yeah. for the first kind of like go for the first couple of years in this band. I played the banjo. And then we played, you know, like we didn't always have Robin came um, a couple of years after we started. And so like we would occasionally play as a trio and someone would play guitar. The only thing I've never played in the band is bass. And I'm trying to change that, but I did, every time I play bass, <laughs> like, for your spot. <laughs> my finger, like, I don't have the technique to play bass, you know, in a sustainable way. It takes me about five minutes to get blisters. Yeah, exactly, that's yeah. I'm the same way. Um, yeah, I used to play all the time, but you gotta like, yeah. you, have, you must just have to have a bass out in your house so that you can regularly yeah. play it. Yeah, and it was definitely a, a brutal onboarding with this group. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of blisters, a lot of popping of blisters, right. <laughs> super glue, various kinds of tape, yeah. you know, yeah. all for the, the glory of those four or five hour gigs at a, a local brewery yeah. for a few, a few of our friends. <laughs> yeah. Just still kind of what our gig looks like <laughs> yeah sometimes but man anytime you want to slide over to bass that'd be great yeah <laughs> i really would yeah and what would you slide over to i would slide over to to claw hammer oh very good and then um robin's wife jimmy can slide in on bass oh great sometimes so yeah, right so, on. yeah so actually tony travels a lot um the past couple of years tony travels in the summertime and so we have had robin's wife jimmy on bass and steven playing claw hammer banjo and that's that's fun too she gets no blisters somehow, yeah. or ever gets tired. <laughs> yeah, I, oh. yeah, she's got good technique, you know, with the bass. Yeah. But we could do it as a five piece and have Tony play mandolin because that would be really cool. Yeah, I would love to have that. And we've actually we recorded a whole album as like an electric band, as a five piece electric band with drums. Yeah, and like electric guitar, electric bass. I had an electric banjo electric for a little while. Oh my god! And uh, <laughs> yeah. That was a really that was a really fun way to do this music. Um, yeah, I would love to hear. And that. we tried to get kind of experimental with different things. And, yeah. and you know, I actually heard that at a party. I was at a party last weekend, and someone had like a playlist going, and like one of those songs came on. I don't know how it got in the mix because it's not like a popular album that would like 
just show up on your Spotify or something. I don't know, maybe they had it downloaded, but I was like, I heard it, and I was like, damn, that is banging. And I was like, that's the election. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah. 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 You want to make the music that you would love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it is really any good or not, but in that moment, I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was definitely very fun to record that because we recorded um, an album called Fire on the Mountain, and that was kind of a traditional old-time setup, and then we recorded more or less the same album, but with drums and electric instruments, so... Oh, cool, like the same tunes? Yeah. That's so, awesome. And so some of them, you know, yeah. A few different ones. There were some different ones. And uh, it was really fun, especially as a bass player, to be able to... I think from the very beginning of playing with $6, these guys were very gracious and patient with me, kind of settling into being an old-time bass player. Okay. And yeah. not what trying you, to, to do too much. What did you play first? Um, in terms of just instruments in general? Well, like, what were you transitioning from as a bassist into playing old-time bass? Just, like, West Texas, alt-country, yeah. you yeah. know, that, that style of music. And, um, you know, my first kind of leanings into old time were kind of all backwards from the Colorado jam grass scene sure, and sure. Yonder Mountain String Band oh, yeah. and, you know, um, Old Crow Medicine Show and things like that. And so it was meeting these guys, you know, I was introduced to them by a mutual friend and I was like, oh, cool, you guys play old time. And I, I thought I kind of had a concept of what that was. And um, they were very, very patient and kind to be like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. You know, old Crow Medicine show is maybe not the apex of uh -huh. old time music. And, you know, there's this guy, Albert Hash, or yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, um, so okay. learning to, to kind of pull back. But to finish that up, getting to record electric was fun because, you know, I was able to, to bring a little bit more yeah. rhythmic influence that felt fun for me from Celtic music world or, you know, a lot of African different kind of rhythms and things like that. So some of that translates onto the album pretty well with the electric bass, yeah. but never would with, with an upright. I'm curious, what ways did you have to pull back uh, or change what you were doing in order to play old-time bass for this band? Yeah, well, I think especially as a young musician and one who, you know, self-taught, um, learning by ear, learning music by ear, um, I think the first thing that I had to learn how to do was to channel all of that energy uh, into a, a more calm, consistent place and you know just because i can walk this base up over this doesn't mean i i need to yeah. you know um so a lot of that i mean we were just talking about even something as simple as right hand technique and, and getting blisters you know presumably i'm getting blisters because i'm playing with too much aggression and intensity you know yeah. and there mm -hmm. that energy can translate differently into the base but it doesn't need to all come through you know, my right index finger. It's yeah, a different yeah. way to embody that energy. Because uh, one of the first bands that really hooked me in the old time music world, like many of your listeners, I'm sure, was Foghorn String Band. Yeah. And listening to their album, Rattlesnake Tidal Wave, and, and listening to the way that Brian Bagdonis played bass. You know, I was mm -hmm. like, I want to do that. You mm -hmm. know, and so kind of first discovering that, but also learning, oh, okay, you know, there's a way to do that that's more sustainable and, and hopefully is something that's serving the group better. It's always kind of been an approach to bass playing for me is thinking about um, the instrument as kind of a carpet, you know, a tapestry that everything's resting on top of. You know, yeah. it just needs to be there to help kind of, kind of tie the room together, but it doesn't need to be, yeah. you know, 
I was talking about Frank Evans last night who uh, sat in for part of the dance and uh, on bass. And uh, he was like, oh, I just love playing old time string bass. It's such a power trip. <laughs> and he's not, you know, and he's not doing anything that's like on the surface fancy or calling attention. But it's like, you know, if you were to drop out, you would notice, yeah. you know, and yeah. he, he's just like, oh, yeah, it's just like a total rush. It's like you all are like beholden to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was like a cool way to think of, you know, it's like I'm the floor, you know, and like the power of being the floor. Um, yeah. Yeah. I always think about it through a dance music context, too, because that was a lot of the music that I grew up listening to, a lot of house and techno and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it, it, it all dovetails for me, you know, in thinking about that, you know, yeah. the, the TR-808 kick drum or 909 mm -hmm. or whatever, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, boom, 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 and that's where the magic can begin yeah. to happen. Yeah. So, so probably that kind of restraint, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that zen. Well, let's uh, let's play another tune. What's next on the list? What's next on our list? Can we do Speed the Cloud? Sure. Will you remind me what key this is in? I think it's an A. Yeah, okay. Good. Already.
What a sweet team. Kind of a cool yeah, little, like, subdued kind of energy to it. Where do y'all get your tunes? That's a good question. From these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always played that one. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, I've gone through different phases of, of trying to be like really detailed and like accurate in my like understanding and research of sources. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have tunes that just sort of like I know them and I don't know where I know them from. And that's one of those. Yeah, great. And so like. I don't always feel like great playing that stuff because I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know where this is from or like how much of a ripped off like festival version this is that I'm doing right now. But I think know. that's a great, I mean, I, I love that, that, you know, there are so many tunes that we you know, play as old time musicians where it's like, where'd you learn that? And it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. just happened. That's one of those things. And, um, some of that, you know, you know, like I did go through a real phase with, you know, like really wanting to have my sources dialed and to like, you know, be really accurate with research and stuff like that. But a lot of it too comes from like the, the, the channel that I like kind of got into this um, through is not exactly like a academic source, I guess, in a way, you know, like it's not... Uh, I feel like the, the kind of like influences, my early influences were not like uh, really people that kind of like put a lot of information out there about sources and stuff. Yeah, they just played the tunes. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so I, I don't know if I've kind of adopted that. I have a lot of philosophies about it. I don't know how much talking we want to do about it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've uh, went out to the Chroma Festival. Uh, they're not doing it right now, like uh, Colorado Rocky Mountain Old Time Music Festival. I was sitting around with a group of folks, and uh, somebody played a great tune, and I, I asked where they got it from, and they said, YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in a way, that's like the most old time, you know, like. Like Davenport learning stuff off the radio or something, you know, like in a way that's kind of like an old time thing. It's like a new old time. I mean, yeah, I mean, YouTube's basically just like the library at this point. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. And for old time music, there's so much yeah. stuff on there, like actual source recordings too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, like, um, my parents, I grew up with my parents taking me to music festivals and stuff, and I, like, really thought it was lame for a long time. What kind of music festivals? Like, this, like, you know, kind of, like, old, or just, like, roots music, you know, not necessarily, like, old-time or bluegrass or anything like that, but stuff that, you know, those type of musicians would be at, yeah. you know. And um, I really didn't like getting dragged to festivals, and so... Um, like in high school, I was into like punk music and stuff like that. And that's kind of like what my friends and I, the kind of music we played. And um, when I was about 17, I got turned on to John Specker, who I know you've kind of like, uh, I know his daughter's been on your show. Yeah, I would love to have him on at some point. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, that was like really huge for me. And, and well, cause he's, he's, he's kind of punk. He's totally yeah. punk. And he's just way out there in a different way that a lot of people 
you know, he's just, he's doing it a little bit differently. Um, how, how did you come across John Specker? My parents, like, <clears throat> were you, I did, I actually did. In the Northeast um, or? Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut. Okay, there um, you go, yeah. My parents had, you know, one of his CDs around and it's, you know, he's got um, an album cover where he's like playing the fiddle to a dog. And I did that as an art project in high school. I like drew that and um, I listened to it the whole time while I was doing the art project yeah. and I got like really into it yeah. and I just kind of went down the rabbit hole with it. And um, you know, like from there, my parents had some like correct tone string band recordings and stuff. So like, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like music that's really like, you know, really rich and you know, there's a lot going on here that's sort of like, that's, you know, at that point in my life, I was like, you know, 17, getting ready to like figure out the next phase of life. And like, you know, the punk music thing was like, maybe it had run its course. And like, I was like, oh, this is really like meaningful music, you know? And so like, I was like, maybe I should get into this. But I still didn't quite know what it was. Like, I, just, I didn't have really a concept of what it was. So like, the next thing, like, my parents had like Bruce Molsky albums around. And like, so I was like, well, this is sort of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, like, you listen to those like Bruce Molsky albums from the 90s, and they're like really like kind of eclectic in the way they're recorded. Like a lot of different, he's playing like different instruments and like different people playing with him at times and stuff. And like, I was like, man, this is just not the same kind of like hard hitting like stuff that I'm hearing on like, John Specker albums, you know, mm. but I couldn't, I still didn't quite know enough to like know the differences or like what I was really mm. looking for. But I was like, this is a little more like, I could tell this is like produced or something, right? you know? Yeah. And so, um, the next thing I got a, um, a Highwood string band album yeah. for my parents got me that as like a gift at some point or something. And then, then I felt like that sort of like really, I was like, okay, I understand you know what this is about a little bit more now like that that really kind of like lit the fuse a little bit more what it into is like, that you're looking into like for my understanding of like string bands and like the kind of like general you know genre or whatever and then after that um my parents also got me um the Clawhammer banjo compilation albums on county records mm. which and so and that was like i was like okay there's so much information in these albums about you know like um, tune sources and you know people and like historical things and I was like okay now I am like really cooking with gas and, I, I'm, and then I was kind of like you know then I was kind of up and running I guess you could say but um, so at that point is is that when you picked up the banjo was that your first um, time you know my mom's a classical violinist and stuff so like um, and my parents play in a band and stuff and so like I've, I've heard the music around mm -hmm. really you know for a long time but um yeah i was kind of into banjo for a while first there okay um yeah. but you know like when i was kind of understanding what old-time music was about there you know like um the john specker thing i was really that was really big for me and i really like listened to that music like really deeply for a long time and there was a point where i was like I don't know if he wrote these songs, which to yeah. like when you're learning this like music, you, you're like, oh, people like write songs, right? And like, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, I don't think he wrote these. Yeah. Like, it sounds like historical. And the album is called like American music or something like <laughs> traditional American music. And yeah. I was like, I don't think he made these up. You know, like, I think these are like, 
you know, I didn't really know what a folk song was at that point in my life, but I was like, I remember having to like make a choice. I was like, do I fully buy into this and like think that it's really cool? Or do I like reject it and, and like oh, interesting. And go the way of like original music? And I had to like make a conscious choice and be like, okay, you know what? This music is coming from a place that has like no beginning and no end. And there's like no, it's like the most like mystical music that there is. And I was like, okay, I'm going to fully like drink the Kool-Aid of like this <laughs> stuff, you know? And, like, and I've made the choice and, and I've just gone down that rabbit hole with it. I think it's really interesting that you're articulating like making a conscious choice to appreciate something or yeah. not. <laughs> I think a lot of people try to like have a narrative that's like, oh, I was just like totally sucked in and I couldn't, I couldn't help it. And I like that you're like, I'm going to choose what I invest. I my was just confronted with it. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Yeah. And then I was like, um, you know, it has to be. And, you know, like, um, if you listen to John Specker's kind of like homemade recordings, he, he does a lot of like talking and he does talk about sources and stuff. And is, and um, he's just so, he, he has like a really philosophical way of like talking about tunes and stuff. And, and that's, that's something that really, I've kind of like adopted that in a way. And maybe it's my own thing, but I'm like, this is about trance music and like being kind of funky and kind of being jammy you know and so in a way i don't know that i mean that that is sort of like all those bands i kind of just mentioned were like the ithaca string band yeah, scene. so yeah. like they have kind of just like a little bit of like a punk edge or like a different vibe to them than like some of the maybe more traditional bands or whatever yeah. but um that's kind of the ethos that i've like adopted more maybe more recently even it's just like I'm here to kind of get weird with this music, and that's what I like. <laughs> so I kind of express that. Yeah. Side. Well, it makes it makes sense, and I and I say that this with all uh, respect and reverence. It makes sense that if you're here to get weird with music, that like John Specker was your your entry point. Yeah. Because the way he engages with the music is yeah, like right. so. Yeah, it's just uh, really it really yeah. resonates with me. Yeah. That that like kind of persona. Yeah. So love that. <laughs> when you're deciding whether or not to dive into this music and whether it's like worth your attention. It sounds like you sort of built a, uh, a narrative around it that I think is accurate, which is, you know, like in, in order to like, uh, sustain your interests, like before you're necessarily totally sold, you're just like, this seems like something that is important because it has stood the test of time and because it's, mystical in these ways and maybe there is a decision of like i want to understand on a deeper level where that is coming from and maybe i don't now but maybe i will if i if i jump in yeah that's that's a good way to put it yeah i've, I've kind of like gone off in a whole nother direction even more <laughs> recently where i'm like I, it's not even old time music that we're playing at this point in my mind because it's like old time you know, refers to like something that is historical or whatever. And, uh, and I, I don't know, it, this is maybe a weird way to think about it. Like, I feel like maybe we have some ownership of some of the stuff that we play in a way. I'm like, it's not old. It's like, it's just like, you know, yeah, it's just kind of music, I guess at this point. And, um, I don't, th I don't think old time is a term that I really like to use anymore. Yeah. 
I think that's relatable. It, I mean, aside from it having some like, sort of like MAGA-ish like connotations, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also just, it feels like it is about, it's sort of trying to evoke a sense of nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which that, I, I do like that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like, I like dig history. Sure. I, I dig like timeless things, but timeless, you know, old time and timeless are like not compatible. Yeah. In a way. Absolutely. It's called yeah. timeless music. Timeless music. <laughs> no, I'm into that. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I still call this, this show, you know, get up in the cool old time music with Cameron Do It and Friends. Well, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're playing old time. Right. Because that's, that's the consented on, you know, term and, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I found like talking about tr traditional music um, yeah. feels a little more, it still has maybe to some the connotation of old stuff, but like right. if you, once you get into it, I, I like roots music now. Roots. Yeah. I think that's the term that I like to use. I like that. It's but, rooted somewhere. Yeah. It has an underground kind of nutrients. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a band too. It's allowed us to explore a little bit more territory with, you know, things coming out of New Orleans and yeah. James Booker stuff. Mm -hmm. and, um, Danny Barker, you know, music that I think was probably pretty important to Brendan growing up. And, um, but also still allows us to, to bop around to some of these different little regional areas um, whether that's yeah Mount Peak or Missouri or other Midwest places so yeah I got really interested in um, well like when I was a really little kid I loved like New Orleans music and uh, you know I still do and I you know I, I went to New Orleans and I went to a this place called the Backstreet Cultural Museum and I was like, the, on the trip, I was like, I really need something that's gonna like kind of tie all these undercurrents together. Like, I just need to find one thing that like will spark that. Mm. And I was in the Backstreet Cultural Museum and on the wall was a record called The Fabulous Banjo of Danny Barker. Mm. And I was like, that's the thing. <laughs> and it, Just seeing it, just reading the title, <laughs> yeah, like, that must be I went, it. I, 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 it blew my mind and I went down a whole rabbit hole and now I'm like, you know, Danny Barker was a, an early jazz musician and researcher and archivist and writer. And, uh, you know, like I've, I like I've read all his books and um, got really into that. And it's he's like the coolest guy and uh, he's not living anymore. But um, he's sort of like the Tommy Gerald of like jazz music. Huh. You know? yeah. And so I was like, man, there's like all these kind of weird connections between like old time jazz and like old time string band and like old time Cajun, old time country or whatever you want to call it. They are like literally singing the same songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, that is so weird. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I've got kind of into that, like those sort of like undercurrents. Yeah. I appreciate that you're, uh, trying to, I, th I think sometimes like when we're doing like group identity stuff, uh, the, the temptation can be to like say this stuff is outside of the group and this stuff is inside the group uh, and I like that you uh, are eschewing those artificial boundaries yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. Well, we're getting yeah. to we're really excited to get to open up for the Rebirth Brass Band oh cool in, in yeah, June and I mean that's kind of I'm going to be happier there about it is. that kind of booking yeah, yeah. that feels really, really cool. good for us so yeah yeah 
out here on the western slope in Delta County. Yeah. So that'll be a good one. And then the other piece, a, a huge piece of this too, I can say is as bass player kind of in the back watching all this unfold, um, has been watching the interplay of, of these three guys, of Robin and Brendan and Tony, um, who are all just incredible musicians in their own right and have their own lineages with music. And I think Brendan's done a really great job of telling you about his, but you know, Six Dollar String Band is also very much just this interplay of, of these three guys and um, their, yeah, their different approaches. And with Tony kind of, when we met in 2012 or whatever that was, um, Tony was playing fiddle and Tony played fiddle for us for eight, eight years or so. And, um, and so that was Tony's fiddle playing and, and his approach is as much in the DNA of, of Six Dollar String Band as, as Brendan's approach as well on fiddle. So it's been cool to watch them seamlessly kind of trade off on, on banjo and fiddle. Yeah. Both have their own approaches. Tony's playing like a fretless Kevin Four banjo that I'm sure he would love to tell you about. Oh, I've played that banjo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super sweet. Yeah, last year when I was at it. Yeah, I think, wasn't that banjo there at that house? Yeah, you yeah. played it. That thing's rad. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I bought that banjo with um, wedding gig money. You know, Perfect. From, from, from hanging out with these guys, and it was yeah. the first kind of thing I saved up. Yeah. You know, two hundred fifty dollars over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up, uh, yeah, buying that from Kevin Ford. It's a, it's a really special instrument. Mm. It's been a great thing. Yeah. Well, let's play another tune, and uh, I still haven't asked you any pr uh, questions, Robin. Um, so we should do that because I want. I always want to talk about old time guitar mm. um, approaches yeah. and how you get to where you're going. But uh, first, let's do a tune. What's next on the list? Well, big eyed rabbit. Let's go. 
seven or eight years ago by now? Probably, but at this point, yeah, like eight or so years ago. How'd you meet uh, these folks? I want to say 2014, I think. 2014. So maybe even more like nine years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I was just living here in Durango, playing with local bands, kind of kind of in more like the bluegrass jam band kind of mm -hmm. realm. And uh, they all those bands just kind of dissipated over the years for whatever reason. And uh, then these guys were hanging around, and they seemed pretty cool and pretty good. So I was like, sure, I'll play some gigs with you guys. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys just, like, all they listen to is old time. <laughs> That's it. I didn't think anybody did that. I thought it was just, like... Something people dabbled in when I got on the side, like, oh, that's cute, yeah, I can this. But, that's great. but so, these guys are really into this stuff, and, uh, which I'm down with. It's, it's cool, it seemed cool, and, but uh, the more we've done this kind of stuff, the more I've grown to like it. And uh, these, guys, uh, these guys seem like they'd be cool enough to let me just kind of like figure it out, figure out how I want to do it myself. And, yeah. Haven't really had too many complaints about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how, how have you figured it out? Like, what, what does that look like for you? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I like, uh, I just like flat picking a lot and like shredding guitar and I don't want to be like constrained to like a strictly rhythm role uh -huh. just because I would get kind of bored with that. So, but I love the, the you know, the rhythm aspect of this stuff. So I. I just kind of try and be able to, you know, blend in a little, as much or as little melodic playing as I feel like in, uh -huh. in whatever moment we're in. So it's 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 pretty fun just trying to learn these exact melodies on guitar and play the guitar like a fiddle kind of. Because yeah. I think you can do it if you if you're good enough with a flat pick, you can kind of pull it up. And and I play in drop D all the time. And I was noticing some of the shapes you were using. Yeah, it's just drop D all the time, which allows me to kind of leave some droning notes playing. It lends itself to 
So it's some drone notes to cover you, cover you and fill it up a little bit while you're playing some melody. Yeah. I find, so I like just drop D all the time now. And it gives, I mean, if we're at your capo app and we were just playing an A tune, so yeah. that gives like, there's definitely a oomph in the five chords, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just expands the range, man. Once you, yeah. once you adjust you know, to the new tune, it just, uh, it, it just gives you certain advantages, I feel. Yeah, I love that. I, I haven't heard of that uh, as like a, a default setting mm -hmm. for all-time backup. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's just something about D and that, and just being able to hit your low note and have a nice fat note down there huh? all the time. <laughs> and Robin's like a heavy metal guitar player. Yeah, well, I like right? something. Like, I love it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love Buggethead and like. Okay, yeah. I used to just like listen to hair bands when I was a you know, small child and loved the guitars. But like so a legit, like good heavy metal guitar player. Like you should see his heavy metal band. <laughs> do you have a heavy metal band in town? Yeah, we do like a, it's just like a electric band, guitar, bass, drums, electric, electric guitar, high gain, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you yeah. tune the, like you play the electric guitars in drop D too, right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is probably pretty unique for electric stuff, is it? Yeah, I guess. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I was walking downtown and y'all were playing uh, Speed the Plow. Oh, yeah. The metal band. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear that. Yeah. It was fabulous. Yeah. It sounded great. Yeah, a project's called Dream Machine. <laughs> and it's got uh, Jimmy Davis' wife on bass and Matt, whose last name escapes me. Matt Cardle on drums. Yeah, but it's very psychedelic and it's cool to, I think that's something I really appreciate about $6 with Robin in it is that just that kind of burst of, of psychedelic energy really can come through with that style of guitar playing and it helps us to kind of get into that, yeah. that trance place a little bit <laughs> quicker. Yeah, which for me is very much yeah, a big piece of what we're doing. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> This, we should have a whole show just on Robin's guitar. <laughs> I know I just told you the story before, but last year at the Meltdown, we had Bruce Molsky and Tony Trishka come, and Robin played guitar with those guys, and they were like asking me about him. They were like, I hear he's like a modern day mountain man. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he like lives on a ranch in the, in the mountains and like fixes old trucks and like takes his guitars apart. He's an amazing luthier. He could like build you a guitar from scratch. And like, you know, he is a modern day mountain man. And the guitar style that he plays is totally unique. So, you know, I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to... Uh, Listen, listen to the mix later. Guitar, trying to make it sing. Well, uh, let's play another tune, and then let's talk about how people uh, stay up to date with you know, all this music and how to get your albums and when you're playing next and all that stuff. But what should we play first? What do you guys think about doing "Down by the Riverside"? Yeah. You want to do? Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, what keys is it? And G. Yeah, great. All right, this is "Down by the Riverside." I'm not the 
something that Danny Barker was known to play, you know, and so that was one of those things that was like a real kind of aha moment, you know, and, and sort of like these connections yeah. and what we call mm. roots music, you know, and so, um, yeah, if you listen, or like, or, you know, brass bands play it too, and I love listening to like a brass band play it all kind of just funked out, it's like amazing, and so I was like, man, this would be... I've never heard a string band do it, but I mean, you tell me. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, but it's not like an obscure song. No. Or yeah. But. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think it's um, maybe a song that I have have dismissed for some reason because, like, uh, it was such a chestnut. And um, but like just hearing it now, I'm just like, oh wow, what a what a what a great 
message and set of ideas, you yeah. know, just like, I'm out. <laughs> like, like uh, I'm not going to like uh, um, participate in like the culture's obsession with violence, <laughs> you know, and like, um, I refuse. Just like refusal energy is like so important. And it, yeah, it's hitting me real hard right now. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> just no. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. so great. I yeah, I appreciate. I have more room to appreciate that now. So, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you you can dig that. That's cool. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have time for one more before we do that. Where do we go to follow Six Dollar String Band? your stuff it's a good question you know i think one of the reasons that we have really some like great longevity with this band and great friendships in this band is that like we are not great at uh we're not like hyper organized with that stuff you know so like we have instagram at six dollar string band we have a website six dollar string it's all one word um we are six dollar string band at gmail.com <laughs> All I'm those loving things. this. All <laughs> makes, know, like, makes my job easy. Yeah, like how well the website is maintained at any given time, you know, like we all kind of take that on at different points when we have like the bandwidth to do it. But I think the reason that we're all such great friends after 12 years of being in a band together is that like we're not, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if we've ever really talked about that, but like I've always, I mean, yeah, like we, we get back to your emails. If you email us, yeah. we'll get back to you, but you know, like, depending on who's checking email at any one point, who knows, you know, like, we will get back to you. Let's leave it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, and we're, yeah. On, we're on the streaming services and have a band camp. And oh, yeah. All of that, that so good stuff. Before so. I forget, I'm sorry to interrupt. We did just actually, um, we kind of dropped a new oldish album that I, I think is like the best recording we've ever made. It's called Calico. It's an EP that was released on vinyl on a seven inch um, a couple of years ago that we recorded before the pandemic even, right? Yeah. And it's got Tony playing the fiddle and I'm playing the banjo and Ron's playing guitar and Steven playing bass. We had just recorded, um, we have a double LP vinyl album called Fire in the Mountain and you can stream all this on Spotify if you want to or wherever you stream stuff. Um, and that was a really cool project. It came out great. But then, you know, like we just released this Calico album digitally because it's so much easier. Let's yeah. face it, that's how we listen to music. Sure, sure. You know? So like, it's now, it's out digitally. Cool. I've been listening to it and I'm like, man, I can't believe how good it sounds. And you know, like the, what the, the level that we had on that recording is just, to me, amazing, you know, for, for us. I'm not saying it's like amazing music or anything, but I'm like, for what our level was at that time, mm. I think it's the best thing we've recorded. And so that just came out like two days ago. Great, I'm excited to check it and out. So it's cool. kind of cool to be able to like put that out there and be able to talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll link that in the in the stuff. Yeah, so thank you. in the show notes. Yeah. And so the other cool thing about that is that um, the artwork is from um, our really talented friend here in town named John Bailey, who, um, if anyone out there listening knows John Bailey, which they might. That would be really cool because he's a very special person and the artwork is really special to us. And um, it's also the same artwork used for a metal band, I think. Like the exact same cover. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't there a story with that tone? Yeah, I was at Studio Ann, at a great local gallery 
our friends own it, they're co-owners. A lot of them were around here at the Meltdown. Yeah, I was just walking around at an opening and I saw this piece by John Bailey and the size was just around a seven inch size. And I, I, I bought the piece and I talked to John about it. And I said, this would be perfect for our album. And he said, uh, yeah, I used it for uh, this heavy metal band. And I was like, oh, so, you know, we wouldn't be able to use it then. He's like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Yeah, was, one of those Durango things where yeah. I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, thanks so much for uh, get, getting up this morning to do this uh, do, and planning this last minute. Uh, I know we were all partying last night. Uh, in the green yeah. room, but yeah. uh, what do you want to finish our our jam off with? Anybody got anything? Yeah, oh, I'm all ears. Jimmy in the Swamp. Yeah, sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. I haven't played that in a long time. Let's do it. Yeah, I was trying to play that this morning. I don't know if it was just like waking up so early and like trying, I was sitting there playing this tune early this day. I was like,
Visit $6 String Band's website at $6stringband.com and follow them on Instagram to stay up to date. I put those links in the show notes for this episode as well as links to their Bandcamp and albums on Spotify, which is where you can find Calico, their newest album, as well as Big Six, which is their all-electrified old-time album, My New Obsession. It's so good. Go listen to all of that and buy, you know, whatever has a price tag. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's also linked in the show notes, along with links to my banjo lessons, my old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, and Get Up in the Cool Merch. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.